podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. to the Chels. What a difference a week makes. I've said that quite a lot over the last few years, but this week it's the real truth. There we were, miserable after the performance of hell against West Brom, and now look at us. We're sitting pretty. We're enjoying ourselves. We've got a team that we love to watch. Am I getting hysterical? Am I going over the top? The only man who can tell me the truth is Mr Andy Saunders. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Obviously, it's what you do, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry about that. Um, okay, bring us back to reality. That's no, good, though. I like your enthusiasm. I think, you know, I think we have to enjoy it. I mean, after the misery of the West Brom game, to have a week like that, well, we should celebrate it. We should be up about it. Why not? Yeah, let's not be cynical about it. It was a great week. Yeah, you know, and that's all you can ever hope for from losing badly is the reaction. Mm. And we've definitely seen it. And we'll come on to that in a bit. But how's your week been? Of course, this is day one of no lockdown stuff. Have yeah, you been, been out, out drinking? I've been, and... been down the pub. I've had five <laughs> pints. I've um, gone out and bought a load of clothes. I haven't done anything, have you? Done anything. No. Sat inside as normal. Yeah. Well, I, don't see yeah. The, I don't see the joy in going and standing outside of pub in the freezing cold and drinking some cheap lager that doesn't thrill me to be honest is it you well it may not be that cheap the lager actually well, true. But, um, i don't drink anyway but no neither, I, well, neither do you do you no i don't i haven't no. had a drink in 15 years something like oh, that no. um but yeah no jackie's just got back from the vets in uppingham uh, our local town and she said it is heaving Oh, I get it. I mean, yeah, of course. I get it. How many people want to get out and do stuff and buy stuff? And I get it. It does. I, I'm going to let it sort of, you know, sort of fizzle out for a couple of days before I venture into town. I think. Yeah, I think. I think. Look, once once people suddenly go, oh, this is how it's going to be. Hopefully, for quite some time now, then I think everyone will settle down. I don't blame people for being excited to get no. out there, go and see friends, have a pint, Absolutely. wander around some shops, spend some money, realise a whole load of chain stuff has gone. Um, you know, it's it, this. Hopefully, is the start of a new world. Mm. Um, we'll see. We'll see. See where we go. But um, yeah, we'll we'll just have to take one day at a time. That's Do we what know I what's reckon. happening with the with the 
I haven't been checking the website. What's happening with the tickets for football when it opens up, or have they not announced that yet? No, they um, n- not as far as I know. I, I'm not aware of any ticket news. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not aware of anything coming. So, who's out going of... to be at the game on Saturday then? I don't know. I, I don't. Didn't they just choose one? Of the semi-finals, oh, to was have it just people. the one? Yeah, and right, I think it's okay. Leicester Southampton, and I believe, if I'm right, it's not supporters from either side either. It's like it's, NHS workers or something. Yeah, it's it's local people to the stadium, I believe. Okay. So um, yeah, the residents can go and um, along and have a, a, but I think it's only uh, a few thousand. But um, uh, look, some people will go and watch. One of the most exciting matchups in FA Cup semi-final history. <laughs> Having said that, it'll be six-five and the greatest game ever. You know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, so okay. Well, look, let's 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 talk Chelsea. Um, now, as we said last week, well, look, it's all about reaction. It's how we go. Porto, you know, we said they're a difficult side. They'll make it tricky. We're going to have to really, you know, keep our wits about us. It's all going to be odd. We're in a, you know, neither a home nor away stadium, but it was our away leg at Seville, which, let's face it, we like as a stadium so far. Mm. I'll, I'll keep my powder dry on that one till after the Porto game. How trepidatious were you the nearer we got to uh, the uh, kickoff. Well, you always ask me this, and I always I say very trepidatious because That's why I, I like all, asking. I it. always think that we're going to get, you know, we're always going to something horrible is going to happen. So, yeah, very trepidatious. I'm always nervous behind uh, before, and I also I didn't know anything about Porto. I was it was a real shot in the dark for me. I hadn't sort of. I knew that they were all. I'd read that they were organised, and I read that they were, you know, very a very good team that was about the team rather than individuals, and that all sounded scary. So, I've, you know, it was a bit of an unknown, really. Yeah, I mean, it was, but um, you know that what you get with Porto, whatever side they put out, even if you've heard they sold their eight best players in the summer, is you usually get a game. Um, we, we've actually had a pretty good track record against them. Mm. So, you know, I, I was feeling confident, but you don't know. You're coming out. I mean, what does what did Porto think when they look at a score like we had against West Brom? You know, that must have given them some food for thought. Uh, it's, yeah. it's kind of, you know, they must have thought, hey, we're playing them at just the right time. Well, yeah, well, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, apart from Pepe, had you heard of any of their players? Well, I know a, a couple of them, but Oliveira, of course, who's very, very important. Well, the ones that them. started, I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I knew, I knew the names vaguely, but yeah, Pepe. Well, the only thing I think about Pepe is he's a dirty, filthy player who somehow people talk about as one of the greatest centre halves, and I just don't see it myself. Mm. Um, you know, and he's what is he, thirty six, thirty seven, or something? Maybe I mean, 35. I hadn't heard of any of them, Kerry. No, uh, no. I mean, no. None of them stand out. Put it like mm, that. But not, that's that not, whole kind of team rather than individuals thing, isn't it? So. Yeah, that's what I mean about when they get rid of a load of players. Yeah. They always have. They, they have a kind of a philosophy, I guess. And they had a so, couple of their of their key players missing, didn't they? Who will be back uh, tomorrow night? So that that'll be interesting. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the side now. No, I mean, and does anyone particularly stand out from from the game against us? Probably Gruwich the most, actually, the midfielder who's uh, on loan from Liverpool, I believe. Yeah, um, he played well. Yeah, he he looked. But I thought Pepe played well as well, to be honest. Yeah, I I, I was going to say the, yeah. the one person I thought we might be able to do stuff against. Uh, was solid as a rock, really. He, mm. he was. He looks a very useful player. Um, in fact, they all look pretty workmanlike. Um, so, yeah, but we'll see what happens in the second leg uh, when they've got some of their players back, like Oliveira. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be tricky. But as for as for the game, uh, this last game, yeah, I was I was knew we'd have a tough game, but I felt. We needed to see how we perform in the first, <clears throat> excuse me, 20 minutes or so to get a bearing on whether we had cleared our head after West Brom. And mm. we did find ourselves getting into the game, knew it was going to be competitive. Um, and I, I, what I liked was maybe it wasn't a classic game from us, but boy, we showed some grit and determination. And can I say, Porto... Dirtiest side of the season so far, aren't they? I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, just, just, you know, excuse me for swearing, but there was a lot of shithousery going on, wasn't there? Yeah. You know, it was that, it was that, you know, rolling around, head in hands, cheating. Cheating is what it is, basically. So, yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're not going to, you know, sort of win themselves any any fans after that. It, no. it was interesting game. I mean, I think what, what, what the... Um, what the takeaway for me from it was, was organisation. The fact that we were so disorganised and shambolic against West Brom and we managed in the, you know, in, in the intervening days to kind of get that shape back and get that organisation back and and start to play with the, the, the level of strategic thought that we did. I mean, that was such an aberration, an anomaly, the, the, West, Ham game, uh, the West Brom game. It was just so weird uh, in the middle of that run of results and we, we sort of dragged it back to normal with not only that game but the Palace game as well. Do you think that actually you need, I was talking about this, but do you think sometimes, okay, nobody likes it, but sometimes when things are going well, sometimes you need a little bit of a shake up before, and we'll talk about this later, the next two, two and a half weeks are crucial for our season, that sometimes a shake up like this just gets rid of any thoughts that actually we're we're okay. We can we can get through this. We're such a good side, and it just reinvigorates the way they all are because they all stuck to the task. And I, I suppose we should talk about the team as well that was picked because Christensen yeah. um, Christensen came back in. Well, um, you asked me you asked me a question there. Yeah. Before okay. we before go we go it. into that, yeah, yeah. which was which was do, do do you think that teams needed sometimes need a shake up? I think I think that's true. When we when you win the next game, you can look back and go, "Oh yeah, we needed the shake up, and 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 that <laughs> yeah. worked." Um, so it's, there's a little bit of hindsight involved in that, um, but there's no denying that it was a shocking result, and it pulled a few players up. And by all accounts, the dressing room wasn't happy with that result against West Brom, and the reaction was was clear to see. So it, so it was all good. I mean, I'd rather not have a result like that and just steamroller every team in our path. But I think you're right. Sometimes that shock factor of of losing so heavily to a team like West Brom and playing so badly uh, can make you refocus and and recalibrate and reboot the team, which is what happened on Tuesday. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but I also agree with the point that you made. It's easy to say that and think that when you win the next game. So, yeah. Well, yeah, you look I mean, back and go, oh, yeah, well, we had a bit of a shock and we sorted it out. If we'd lost that game as well, it would have been crisis at the bridge all over again, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would, without a doubt. And, but doesn't that show the sort of levels we're at in football at the moment, and especially this season, that... You, you know, you're marching on imperiously and then it could be disaster within a couple of games. Mm. And and also, we are in that Russian roulette part of the season now. You make a serious mistake in some of these, these games coming up and that yeah, season is in big trouble. So we're lucky we're firing still on, on many fronts. But yeah, the, the, the Porto side that we ended up playing against gave us a good test, but... Do you think we got it totally right with the team? Were you happy with it when you saw the team that was trotted out? Well, I did call 10 of the 11 players. Um, I didn't get James at right back. I thought he might play Callum Hudson-Odoi at right wing back. But I called all the other players. I felt that was the team that he would play. Hold on, hold on. You told me when I said Thiago Silva might well not start because of Christensen and etc. that I was mad. Well, I did reflect (laughs) on that. I mean, I did. I did reflect on that, and 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 then look at you know where it was and change my mind. I am allowed to change my mind, and I did post <laughs> my course. team up on social media two hours before it was announced. So I'm going to stand by it, um, and I'm not buying your. Hey, I got eleven out of eleven either. You know, which you texted to, me. It's it's all there for anyone who talks in to me your that head. <laughs> Best place for it. You know, it's never wrong up there. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, I think I think this, the silver thing, the silver thing was interesting. But you know, I did think, you know, on reflection, that you know that he might go with this back three. So he went with Mendy in goal, a back three of, of Aspilicueta, Christensen, and Rudiger. Uh, as I say, James in the right wing back position and Chilwell in the left wing back position. Kante clearly wasn't fit enough to start, so he went with Jorginho and Kovacic. And then a front three of Mount and Werner sitting behind Kai Havertz as the false nine, uh, I think we're supposed to call him these days. Although he does look, he does look like a proper nine. So yeah. that that was the team, and I think it was a it was a good team. I mean, I'm always slightly nervous of Jorginho and Kovacic, but you can't argue with with some of the results that they've got playing together. It does seem to work. Tuchel does seem to like it as a double six, um, and certainly against Palace, it was br- you know they were brilliant. So I think, um, and in this game, so I, it, it's kind of work so you have to say the team was spot on yeah and it's always the same Jorginho and Kovacic it's just you don't feel confident straight away whenever you see them on the team sheet and you usually know how it's going to pan out quite early on with those two and with Porto it looked like 5-1 I don't think we even played in that game they were just Different players, weren't well, they? I tell you why that is, and, and it's because they don't. You know, neither Porto nor Palace put a man on yeah, Jorginho. You know, yep. we've said we've said this a lot. I, I'm astonished that coaches don't do that. So much play goes through Jorginho. He's usually the player with the most touches in a game. He's usually the player who's who's playing the simple ball and laying it off. He's there to start the transition. He's there he's the option for the out ball. He's there to move the ball forward, sideways or backwards. You know, he's he's there. He's he's the fulcrum around a lot around which a lot of stuff moves. And if you don't put a man on him, he bosses it. He absolutely bosses it, which he did in both games because they didn't put a man on him. I don't understand. It's just poor coaching, I think, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I would agree with that because you give him time and give him space. He may not be the one who damages you most of the time. No. But 
he will set everything in motion. Everything I, goes through him. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's, it's going to be fascinating to see if we get Kante back fully fit, what he does, because I think you're right. I think he likes Jorginho and Kovacic. There's, there's no sort of uh, differentiation between how they play all the time. They will play one way. And if a team sits someone on them, then, yeah, then it's a problem. Whereas Kante can get past players in a different kind of way. And he reads the game differently as yeah, well. So, and, and, you know, he, he's an upgrade on both those players, I think. You know, he, yeah, he when, you know, when he starts and when he's fit, he's a machine. And he can dominate a midfield and add protection and momentum and do all that stuff and shut down space and do all that stuff that only Kante can do. So, of course, I think you've got to figure that Kante Kante's your, your starting six. And then it, it's perm perm one of three between Jorginho, Kovacic, Gilmore, I guess, you know, and and uh, and and whoever is is going to play with him. It's got to be Kante when he's fit. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, I, I mean, although he I, came on, you know, when, when he came on against Palace, we'll come on and talk about Palace, I thought he unbalanced the side a little bit because he just didn't, you know, he just didn't seem to, um, you know, he didn't. Uh, well, it sort of came on in, in the 80th minute in, in the Porto game. Slightly when he comes on as a sub, he unbalances things a little bit um, because you've got a really good rhythm going with the two sixes and then he comes on and plays slightly further up the pitch and it, it just creates problems sometimes as a substitute if he's not there to start with. It's just my, just my sort of take on it, really. No, I think, I, I think it's an interesting point that actually it depends... What he's being sent out to do, I think I think you're absolutely spot on. When he comes on for Jorginho or Kovacic, you know, no concern. He just slots into that position. But when he's, as you say, when he's in one of the more forward roles, it can... He doesn't seem to... You think, oh, he'll just drop in alongside the other two. But Tuchel doesn't seem to do that. He seems to push him forward. He and got says, about well, half an hour against Palace, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Jorginho came off for him. I think, you know, sort of whatever it was, 10 minutes or so against Porto. Um, and I don't know, it just felt like the dynamic of the of the midfield changed a little bit. But it, it's not a problem. I just, it's just something to be aware that coming as a substitute, sometimes he's not Mikel. He's not, be, he's not usually sent on to hold. You know, no. he's sent on to be Kante. And, you know, if, if the system isn't quite right or they've got into a rhythm, it can sometimes throw it out a little bit. Um, he's much better when he starts... Than, than he is as an impact sub, is my point. So. Yeah, no, no I'm with you. I'm with you. But, um, you know, this has been the weirdest old week for the, the Jorginho dislikers um, because, you know, he You're had one a terrible... Oh, no, I don't like him when he doesn't play well. well I don't like anybody who doesn't player, play well. Exactly. No, but I You're not a big think... Jorginho fan, are you? Not, not in going you're not, I wouldn't forward, say no. you were a hater, but you're not a fan. No, I, look, I, li- I like him when he plays like he has done the last couple of games because that's what he can do. But whether he gets it all the time in the right way for us, I'm not sure. So, you know, I agree with you. For me, Kante takes his role more than Kovacic's role in that side. Mm. Um, but, you know, look, 
I would say Tuchel likes him though, doesn't he? he likes yeah, he the does. fact that he's an outlet. He like he likes the, the 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 momentum being started through Kovacic. Ball comes out of midfield, out of defence, into Jorginho, and that's the trigger. That's the trigger yeah. for the forward momentum is Jorginho, which is why I'm always astonished why people don't put a ban on him because he's the trigger. If you notice, yeah. when Jorginho gets the ball, everybody moves forward. Um, that's not the same when Kante and Kovacic play. Not not quite the same. So Tuchel kind of likes that element of what Jorginho brings the team but yeah, you know and, 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 I, and I get it as well he's uh you know he, he's not the first coach to really like Jorginho you know maybe it's us that's wrong maybe, yeah, it's, no, you, maybe it's you that's wrong I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> you know what I mean but um, but I also get frustrated with him he can be a frustrating player he can be a little bit lightweight in the tackle he can you know make poor decisions but you know so much of the ball is going to go through him in a game that he's going to have moments you know where where he's going to get put under pressure yeah I'd also say that um, for me, Jorginho and Kovacic are really decent players. They're proper footballers. Mm. Are they great players? No. I think you always talk about this, you know, where can we upgrade? I would suggest you could upgrade probably on both of them. Would you put Declan Rice in there? Don't know. I Honestly, I don't watch Declan Rice enough to know. I know there's a, a lot of people who say he's the man we want, he's the man we need. I don't honestly know. I don't watch... I try not to West, watch West Ham at the best of times. So, mm. um, you know, but yeah, I, I really don't know. People say he is Kante and Declan Rice. Maybe if that's the way it goes, we'll just have to see. You is know. there a player um, in the Premier League at the moment that you do watch and you think, oh, that's your ideal person? To I'm not saying that you would buy them, but you look at that player and you think, oh, Kevin De Bruyne, that's that, that's the person who went off, Fabinho or someone like that. Well, <laughs> But you've always got to pick somebody that, um, oh, what's his Style name? Style of player, not not someone you necessarily would like or support. But, you know, you look at that player and you think, you know, I really want that player for those qualities. Uh, i tell you who I really like at Leicester. What's his name? Tielemans. Oh, yeah, he's good. I like him. I, I really, really rate him. Yeah, he's and, good. Uh, and Leicester are one of those sides who find these brilliant little players that come along and suddenly expand into becoming somebody you notice that you know yeah. I like I like their fullbacks as well uh Pereira I think is is a really decent player Kante but, of course Kante wasn't bad Danny Drinkwater now there's <laughs> oh, a now, player there you go that's your theory <laughs> shot down isn't it oops but where's yeah, Danny now where's Danny at the moment do we know he's in Turkey somewhere yeah he's, he's in 17th division football I think over there or something that's a bit unfair right. um, but second division I think it is he's playing um, Kaz, Kazim Parza in, okay in, in, who are in yeah. the Super who are in the Super League in, yeah they're, uh, they're my Turkish side they are um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah but back to Jorginho I'd say all that said he's probably got a shout for man of the week for Chelsea because of what he's done in these last two games and one of the things you have to say, look, the first goal was a thing of beauty. The pass was beautiful, but oh my days, Mason Mount. Yeah, mm. again, it's it's almost pointless talking about Mason Mount because you have, for me, and you know I'm a huge fan, as you are, um, Mason Mount. There's Mason Mount, and then there's the other 10 most of the time. He always, even if he has a bad game, it's always a seven, I think. Mm. He, he, he is finding that thing that we talked about earlier in the season. He needs to be scoring more goals, needs to be more clinical. Well, he's getting there all the time. Well, there's and two nailed-on, nailed-on, reliable players in the Chelsea team slash squad 
and that's Mountain Kante. Neither of those players will give you less than 7 out of 10, even on a really bad performance by them. Yep. You know, those two, you can always rely on, will give you something in a game. The rest of them come in and out. And, and I think that's where... I mean, you could argue that Azpilicueta, you know, up until the last maybe 18 months, two years, would always give you that as well. He's lost a little bit of pace and, you know, he's getting a, getting a little bit older now. So his, his um, consistency has dropped a little bit. Um, and you could argue that Christensen's had a very good season, um, but we're yet to see that, you know, sort of week in, week out, uh, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment because I've seen periods of Christensen dropping in the past. Um, and the other players, they're, they're still in and out. You know, there's not, not enough consistency there to turn around and say we are a great team at the moment. But those two players, Mount and Kante, never going to give you less than seven. Yeah, and I would say Dave is a seven minimum at the moment in a three. I yeah. think. But you take my point him. about. Yeah, you yeah know, totally. He, of course. You know, two He's years ago, he was absolutely no. nailed on a minimum seven, wasn't he? But he looks quicker in a three. It's quite incredible. It really works for him now at this stage of his career. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted that he's come back in. And, you know, there were people who were really critical of him as well um, because he wasn't at the same level that he was at because he was that player. He was the one who was picked every time. Yeah. You know, he's enjoying he's, not having to bomb up and down the wing all game. Absolutely. And can I like it when he drops in that inside channel and then he, he's got a fabulous little curly pass that goes into the penalty area, mm. which, you know, he, there was a golden period when he kept uh, providing chances for Maratta, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and, and that season where it was just brilliant. And he's, he started doing that again. Um, so, yeah, I, I, w- I would totally agree with you. And then on, but, the, on the other side, you've got Chilwell, of course, who wasn't used to playing in a three, you know, who, who we said oh, was going to really going to suffer because he's a, he's a full back. He's not a wing back. And he, over the last week, has really adapted into that wing-back role, I think. He's really starting to understand it, shown that he's a, an intelligent, adaptable player, isn't he? Yeah, I, I was going to talk about Chili, as they call him. Chili. Um, I I think what, what are you doing that weird accent for? That's how D- Tuchel always says it. Chili. <laughs> I, I love it. I he's think not Mexican. Pre- <laughs> what, Chili? <laughs> he might be. Um, he's Chili Mexican. Well, we'll find out. No, no, out. Tuchel, but... with his Mexican accent. What are you on about? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing impressions. You should hear my Andy Saunders. Um <laughs> Actually, no, you don't want to hear that. Um, But, yeah, I I think (coughs) Chilwell has really gone on in leaps and bounds. What I think is interesting, I think he's becoming the player Tuchel is coaching him to become. He's suddenly looking far more confident. Um, He looks settled defensively. He's making better decisions. He's picking players up, say, at the back stick much better. Um, I think he's becoming a more rounded player. He's, he's very coachable, I think, isn't he? That's yeah, the I, I agree. That's that's what we want to say. Mm. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And I think it's intriguing in the fact that Alonso in the last few weeks seems to have been, you know, pushed slightly out of the picture a bit more now. Maybe Chilwell is properly fit. As we know, he had a, a lot of injury problems at the start of the season. And you don't know how long he's been carrying those for. And maybe his time out with Alonso in got them getting him 100% fit because he doesn't look the same player that that was about when Tuchel first came in. That's for sure. Mm. He suddenly looks like a really good signing. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think I think he's come on. I think it's a trust issue with with Tuchel, isn't it? He, he'll you know yeah. he, he needs to he needs to trust his players a hundred percent. Didn't know probably know enough about your world to trust him a hundred percent. And as I say, I think he's very coachable. I think he's worked with him and he's executed well when he's been on the pitch. And I think he's Tuchel's just pleased that he's able to go out there and trust because he's clearly an upgrade on Alonso. I think Alonso's got a lot of good qualities. He's decent going forward. He's got an incredible touch. He's you know, he's threatening in the final third, perhaps more than Chilwell, you know, ironically, given that Chilwell actually scored in the Porto game. Um, but, you know, he's a massive upgrade defensively uh, and as an all-round player, I think. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. And, and, and actually, talking of Chilwell's goal, I, OK, dreadful defensive mistake. But boy, he had some work to do A couple still. of nice touches to, to oh. get, it, get it into that position. Yeah, it, it was a lovely goal. And I'm sure that a goal like that scored on a European night, OK, with no fans in the ground, it must give you such a lift, mustn't it? Um, that's exactly what Tuchel wants. When he has his his wing-backs pressing high, that's what he's hoping will happen, that they'll be able to take advantage of a situation. Yeah. Normally, you'd expect him to do it and then push it across to someone to score, but he was on his own, and wow, he took it really, really well. And you it's thought, priceless goal. Priceless yeah. goal. I mean, 1-0's a good result. 2-0's two, two a fantastic result. Two away goals, I think, yeah. is, you know, it's, it, it's totally in our hands now. Yeah, um, I, I'd so, agree. So, you know, we'll, we'll see whether, you know, those players coming back and... Hopefully, you know, Kante being fitter and, uh, you know, it's it's all to play for, really. If we can get through through the next game tomorrow, um, we're in a very interesting position. Who would yeah, you like I, to play out of all the players, or out of all the teams left? Well, we, we have the choice of two, don't we, for mm. the semis. Mm. We have Real Madrid and mm. Liverpool. And I have to say, it's concerning um, the form Real Madrid are in, because I cannot see Liverpool coming back. I, I just don't think they're there as the team mm. that will do it. Real Madrid know how to play ugly as well as the glamorous star-type football, you know, the Galactico football. So just um, Real Madrid in the semi and uh, and PSG in the final? Well, yeah, it kind of looks like it. And we, you know, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I would be quite happy to take on PSG in the final because we owe them. Um, and I cannot... I found that I have a dislike of PSG fans that is almost as much as my dislike of Liverpool fans. Really? Yeah, I I really don't like PSG fans. I think they're really arrogant. I think they're pretty horrid. I've seen nastier things happening on the way to the ground with PSG fans than anyone else in the last few years. So, yeah, I, I'd quite happily take them on. You know, they've, they've given us a few beatings in the last few times we've, we've played them and knocked us out. And I think it's time that we got our own back. So, yes, we do still have to deal with Real Madrid. And how about that for, you know, potentially Eden Hazard's practically first game back after most of the season out being against us. Yeah. I mean, that would just be so extraordinary. I mean, God, the guy's hardly played a dozen games. In it's He, he left us when he was 28. He's now 30 or just coming up to 30. I mean, it's a strange time he's had. And how would that go? You know, I mean, mm. wow. It's, it's, that's I'm very much a- managing my expectations on the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, it's all a massive bonus. 
No, it's obvious we're about to win it. <laughs> Strange things have happened. We won yeah. the Champions League with a worse team than this. And we played a Portuguese side this round at the same time I as know. well. Who is written oh, in the stars? Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> let's just hope it's not like Spurs. Oh, they always win something with a one in the end of the year. Well, let's see. Well, let's hope Man City drub them. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. How do you see it? Would you be happy with that route through or would you prefer Liverpool? And can uh, you see Liverpool getting through? I can't see Liverpool getting through. I think it will be... Well, I mean, the, you know, the PSG Bayern game's poised, isn't it? It's 3-2. PSG have got three away goals. Um, Bayern are more than capable of beating them. So it's it's really... It's going to be very interesting, I think. Um, uh, I, I think it I think will be Real Madrid-PSG if we do... Could we win it? Yeah, you can win any football match. West Brom proved that. Um, who knows? Who knows? As I say, we built a, we beat a very strong Bayern Munich team with a much more average team than we've got at the moment. Um, is it too early? Is it too early this year with this team under this manager? Part of me logically says it probably is. So, as I say, everything's a huge bonus. I'm going to enjoy the games as long as we don't get embarrassed or humiliated. Um, and we put in a good show and there's progress, I'll be happy with it. Yeah, well, the way it works is, you know, we'll win the Champions League and Tuchel will be gone by November or whatever. Well, so, standard, yeah. mate, standard. Yeah, that's it. That's what happens. You've got to go. Win the Champions League on your bike. Well, we have to win um, the FA Cup as well, don't we? FA Cup and Champions League is the form. Yeah, absolutely. That that would be... I'd settle for that this year. I really would. I'd be quite happy with that. But, you'd be quite happy with the FA Cup and Champions League, would you? <laughs> yeah, I oh, would. Okay, good. I don't I'm glad you'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> right, now that with all that happiness, I, I, well, actually, we should just mention, I really was happy to see Pulisic come on again. Um, and the one thing, and we'll talk about it more with the Palace game, but just a, a last word on, on Pulisic, I think, from this game. He is starting, this Porto game was the first one where I started thinking, he suddenly looks as though he's not that scared of his body. He suddenly looks as though he's starting to move again. Um, I also think he's, you know, he gets a proper kicking. I mean, they did kick lumps out of him as soon as he was on, um, but... You just see what a mercurial talent this boy is. And once he's got his confidence back up, it's going to be fantastic. Um, we'll talk about him more in the second half, but um, it's good to see him back on a pitch, isn't it? Because you hear he's got this problem or that problem. You just want him on the field. Yeah, he came on, came on for Werner, didn't he? Got 25 minutes. I thought he... Yeah, he looked sparky when he came on. We've always said, haven't we, he's a special talent, potentially a very special talent, and his body has let him down. And as you say, he's looking a little bit more confident now. He's starting to take players on. He's... he's pace is back his movement is good I think his confidence still needs a little bit a little bit more um he still needs to be a bit more confident but it's all good and if he can keep developing and keep getting getting that confidence back like like Callum Hudson-Odoi did after his injury I think we've potentially got a very special player on our hands we have so special that we better go for a break If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. 
from dope 250 watt city bikes to Harley Bobber inspired 750 watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. Back from our special Pulisic break. So, we moved on. Now, we moved on to Palace away. The Palace are a funny side with us, aren't they? We've had some strange old games there, you know, especially when Sellers Park is is packed and full of the Beagles fans. Um, it can be a, a little bit of a, a tormenting place for us. But um, what did you think when you saw the side? Were you happy with it? Uh, any surprises for you? Yeah, I just want to pick you up on that one point you made there. Crystal Palace have lost each of their last seven Premier League games against us. You know, we, we think of them as being a bogey team, but, you know, and, and we have had some fairly strange losses against them, particularly under Alan Pardew, I seem to remember. But in, in recent times, we've done pretty well, I think. God, that's really weird. I honestly think of them as a bogey side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we, have, we have dropped a couple of clangers against them in the past, but not, not that recently. Oh, OK. Um, Team-wise, well, uh, Zuma came back in in the middle of defence uh, with um, Dave and, and Rudiger. Um, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi back in for James at, at full-back on the... Uh, sorry, uh, wing-back on the right-hand side. Uh, Chilwell kept his place at left wing-back. Again, Jorginho and Kovacic as the double-six. And uh, Mount and Havertz were joined by Pulisic uh, instead of Werner uh, up front. So, yeah, happy to see that team. I thought it was a strong team and, and couldn't, uh, couldn't really argue with, with that being strong enough to beat Palace. Yeah, and Christensen was out because of uh, injury, I think. And an injury, yeah, not too bad, though, apparently. No, apparently. um, And actually, I thought Zuma had a pretty good game. Um, Played played very well, very well indeed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, suddenly, from having no full-backs we could trust, it suddenly looks so potentially we've got four of them. Maybe Mm. it's the system that just works for them. I I don't know, having wing-backs that offer some protection when necessary. um, I I don't know, It's, it's... it's fascinating when we were talking earlier this season, going, yeah, but, you know, they're not really, who is it? Who's it going to be? And now look at us. We're going, oh, well, he'll come in. That'll be fine. Oh, he'll come in. That'll be fine. So, yeah, and the other fascinating. Thing course, he's scored five goals in the Premier League this season. Top defender in the Premier League for goals, yeah. isn't he? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and well, he'd, he only, is... he'd only scored four goals in his first 141 Premier League games before that run, so... He's a massive, he, you know, he's a massive offensive weapon for us, isn't he, when it comes to set pieces particularly. I mean, God knows how many goals he would have scored if he'd played every game. Yeah. Probably triple. Well, he could that. have had a hat-trick against West Brom, to be fair. Yeah, he could have. He could have. He's just unlucky as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, it was... Uh, it was one of those games you thought, oh, we just need to get off to a start. And, boy, did we get off to a start. I mean, yeah. were you surprised at how well we came out of the traps? And that goal from Havertz 
just sublime, wasn't it? The finish. Yeah, brilliant. I, was I surprised a little bit because we're just not we're not used to fast starts, are we? Under Tuchel, particularly, we're not. You know, we, we we take the first ten or fifteen minutes to get settled into the game usually, and actually put ourselves under a little bit of pressure as uh, as teams press us and we we work our way out of defence. But yeah, we came out all guns blazing in this team. We're two up in ten minutes. Uh, brilliant finish by Havertz I thought really classy um and Pulisic as well you know I think he he took his goal with with real aggression and uh and uh confidence so uh, an amazing start two goals in 10 minutes you can't argue with that no and, and what I'd really like to to say about Pulisic is this is where you saw the Pulisic from last season the brave Pulisic the one both his goals he went in and he knew he could get clattered on either of them, but he didn't care. He went for the ball and he went to get the ball in the net. And that's when that's when I really decided Pulisic himself mentally has changed. Something has switched inside him. He's willing to go in and get hurt and get a goal. Of course, you don't want him to get hurt because he's had enough of that. Thank you very much. But bravery. He, he looked as though he was up for it. And a Pulisic who plays like this, who gets stuck in like that, he is going to play week in, week out in mm. this team if he's fit. No yep. doubt about it. And if I was Timo Werner, I'd be thinking, I might not be playing on the left very often for Chelsea. My only other place I could go at this moment in time is in the centre of that three. Yeah. So I think he is now potentially in competition with Havertz. I think, that's, that I think that might be a good thing for Werner. I, I think having that level of competition... Um, yep. And having to work at it, I, I can only see that as a positive. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I think he needs that kind of, um, I don't know, he's had a tough year, you know, and I like him. I like him as a person. I like him as a personality. There's no he can't doubt. can't his work ethic. No, not in the slightest. You know, it just the cards haven't fallen. There's a few players like that this year. You know, Ziyech, I mean, he must be going, my God, what is going on? I was talking to some people, some Dutch friends of mine, and they're going, what has happened to, to Ziyech? You know, he's he was the great player over here. You know, he'd never let you down. He's fantastic. And we watch him, and he's a shadow of the player we we know. And He's he, massively you know, overwhelmed by the Premier League, I think. And, and you know, may, maybe that, we've always said it. We've said it a dozen times on here you know that coming over here in the middle of a pandemic where you can't go out you can't integrate in society it must be a very strange and odd experience and environment to be living in so I don't think that's ideal for any of the foreign players that have come in and hopefully post June when we can hopefully come out of this level of lockdown players will start to go out a little bit they'll start to you know to, to have a bigger world around them and become a lot more confident next season promises to be much better for a lot of them I'm sure yeah, I, I think that's that's a fair point. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there'll be a few of them hoping they can get through the rest of this season and then get a proper pre-season under their belts, get properly fit through the summer and then come back and show us exactly what, what they're made of. Because there's no doubt they're decent footballers. They just need something to go their way. Because at the moment, in the front three, I mean, that is the front three that will, I think, if they're fit, will be playing most of the rest of this season together. I, it just feels right to me. Yeah, um, it, it, certainly, it certainly worked well. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. I'd like to see it in a, in a few more games before I'm, I'm, I'm as confident as you. Um, I mean, we played a fairly raggedy Crystal Palace 
um, you know, and and it worked really well and it looked really sparky. But let, let's see what it looks like in five games time. In five games time is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is out of that front three, the two stick-ons, if they are fit, will be Mount and Pulisic. You and think, I think so? We- I'm not. I'm not totally convinced by that. No, a Mount definitely. Pulisic, yeah, I mean, I think- he's had a couple of good games, but you know, we know that he struggled to put a run of decent performances together in the past. So, I'm not. I mean, I th- I would like to think that he's the special player that we can rely on week in week out. Just not convinced he's going to be at the moment. I, you know, I'm just just erring on a on a side of caution a little bit with him. I don't yeah, think it's no- over for Werner. I certainly don't think it's over for Ziyech. No, I don't, I don't, but I think those two, if they're fit oh, and they're firing... You know, if they'll Callum be, plays yeah. further up the pitch, so... Well, Callum is is trying to make that, that wing-back place his on an alternate mm. basis with Rhys James. Well, yeah, on it. an alternate basis. So yeah. I'm not sure either of them are going to be happy about that. And I, and I think that he, Tuchel, will be looking to find some consistency as he goes on as well. So Callum has to be adaptable in that position, I think. So it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, Rhys is proving himself to be a, you know, a very fast developing you know, player. And, and he could easily claim that spot. Which Where does that leave Callum? You know, if Mason yeah, okay. Mount's going to be the player further up the pitch on the right-hand side, I, and I just think there's a few more twists and turns in the road before we start saying that's that's the, the next sort of long-term front three for us. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, well, look, you know, he might well change the system and, and then you're in a different situation there again. But I do think Mason Mount is the one who's causing a lot of problems for other players because wherever you play him... He goes, hey, yeah, I'll make this place, this space work for me and just tell me what you want. Um, I mean, there's no that, argument about Mount, I think. You know, sitting, no. off the, sitting off the front man, you know, acting as a pivot between, between the attack and the midfield, uh, finding space, uh, dictating tempo. I, there's, I don't think the, the Mason Mount thing is nailed on. It's the, it's the yeah, other stuff totally. around him that's yeah. interesting. I think the one player that really needs to fear for his future is Tammy Abraham. Oh, God. Because he yeah, clearly was... doesn't trust him. No. Well, I don't think he believes he's good enough yet. Um, and I, I would say that he's had a very odd season. Um, and I feel for Tammy because he's a Chelsea boy through and through. But I do think that potentially at this moment in time, his future looks as though he'll be a bit part player. He's not going to be the main number nine. Not at the moment. You know, again, with work, who knows? You know, he could come in and claim that spot. You know, he could score a hat-trick in the Champions League final Mm. and thanks to him we win it. You never know with football, you know, but that's what you want. You always say you want people, once they're out of the side, when they come in, they've got to seize the opportunity. And it looks though he's just got to convince the manager by doing whatever it is better in training or, or however it works. If not, you can see him potentially moving on, never signing a new contract and and going but we'll see um the one thing i'd i'd say also in that central role it does look as though tuchel is trying desperately to get kai havertz in this side you know mm. a 70 million pound footballer he needs him this looks like the only place in this lineup and in this shape that he can play him because well it's working some, isn't it yeah totally i i think it is I th- I, what I would say about the Palace game, I thought it was fantastic first half. Second half, he just needs to find that clinical ruthless thing because he should have put a couple of those chances away. Yeah. And the one that worried me was when that ball went through and it was between him and the keeper and he did decide to not go in. Whereas 
I think other players might well have, have gone steaming in. Yeah. Um, but again, maybe that's just because it's not quite his natural position. Um, but I think you just misjudged enough. that. I, I've watched it a few times. I mean, I it's think it's weird, yeah, so isn't it? it you is could look weird. at you look you'd look at Costa or Drogba, and you know they would have killed the goalkeeper. There's no two ways about it. But um, he looked <laughs> red like card, red card or goal. <laughs> yeah, he looked like he bottled it. But I just think I just think he misjudged it when I looked at it again. I might be wrong, but that was the impression I got. Or maybe he just thought, you know, we we, we don't need to, to injure ourselves in this situation. So I don't know. But yes, I think you're right. It, it sort of made me raise an eyebrow. It's like you've got to go for those if you're a striker. Yeah. you know that's your bread yeah. and butter. Really, you've got to go for those. 50-50s. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think um, what, what what was it that Tuchel said? Uh, yeah, he said Kai Havertz maybe should have scored more. He had more chances. He can still improve his hunger and determination. Yeah, he has I think so. And I think he under he under hit a couple of those shots. He was trying to be too cute, wasn't he? Too clever. Yeah, trying to place it. Sometimes you just got to smack it. You know, you just got to hit yeah. it hard as Pulisic did. You know, you just got to just got to you know not. I mean, the first goal looked amazing when it went in. It just looked so. You know, I thought it added. You know, I said on social media, I thought it added an element of Zlatan about it. You know, but you know when it doesn't come off, when it's a slightly weak tap that the goalkeeper saves quite easily because you're trying to be too cute doesn't look great at all I think it's got to be a little bit more ruthless in front of goal yeah well well Zlatan would have certainly taken out the keeper in that one if needs be well actually he'd have probably found a way to get there flick it over his head dance around him three times and then volley it in the net or something Um, I'm not for a second saying that Abbas is at the level of Zlatan I'm (laughs) just saying that there's something in his elegance and his and his uh, time on the ball that reminds me of of you know certain elements of Zlatan yeah I, I he was a bit more like Gazza and I don't mean fat Gazza with that flick over the defender's head Gazza with Cahill. the volley yeah no no uh, <laughs> Paul Gascoigne uh, well Gary Cahill I, yeah bless him I, I love Gary Cahill um you know I mean he he was such a great servant for us but well, you know, it, the years of passing by and, you know... Just well, according nice to, to Gary him. Hayes, he'd still get in our team, Gary. I do think he was being ironic. I do, think, you, I think, do you think I, so? Yeah, I do. I think he just likes <laughs> winding the world up God. and coming out with stupid statements. And I, I thought it was brilliant. It was... Yeah, OK, right. Because if you remember, he was always a Gary Cahill fan, wasn't he? Well, I know. Um, and he got pilloried at the time. So I think that was for the, the old memory. Out there. It made me laugh when I saw that. Um, yes, and just to say, no, he wouldn't get in this side. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that, he started that's... well. He made a couple of decent blocks, but you know, yeah, he did. He looked, well, he's he looked, brave. He looked he's every every year of his advancing years. Yeah, but we love Gary Cahill. We do. Um, I mean, I've always, yeah. I was always a big Gary Cahill fan. Won everything yeah. with the club. You know, I think he's 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 well up there with our with our you know most legendary players I genuinely think that when you look at what he achieved with the club you know the, the abuse that he got was ridiculous yeah it was it was no fabulous servant but um but yeah no I was referring to Kai Havertz being more like Paul Gascoigne Gaza yeah. with that flick over there if only that had gone oh, in what a goal that would have been oh my god can you imagine because it would just bought him so much more time even more do you know, do you know what I mean it would have just made he should have hit it harder that's what I'm saying it's like that, that he just I don't know there's a certain timidness in the shot it was like just smack it smack it Kai yeah it's it's almost trying to be a bit dismissive when you yeah. go no do you see Christian Pulisic tried to see if he could put the ball through the net yeah. you know um, and, and if only he'd do that I, I think he'd do himself a lot more favours 
And also, you hit it that hard. If the keeper saves it, they're not going to quite know where it's going to bounce to. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. What's interesting about the Havertz performance? I mean, I thought it was a really, particularly in the first half, I thought he played extremely well. He suddenly looked like a you know really amazing player, uh, which, we, of course, we know he is. You know, having having seen him play play in Germany, but he got he got hooked on 65 minutes. Giroud played 25 minutes in that second half, so he didn't even play. Yeah. You know, he didn't yeah. even play the entire game, and he still made a massive impact. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. So, you as know, did Pulisic, got hooked on sixty-five as well. For yeah, Werner. yeah, no, that's true. Um, but you know, it's uh, yeah. It, anyway, Palace, we took care of them. It was a a great performance. We did what we had to do against a side who honestly looked as though they were already thinking about their summer holidays. So. You know, this week is going to be very different. In fact, the next two weeks, I mean, God, we've got a fixture list. We have, um, what have we got? We've got Porto tomorrow night. Then we've got Man City in the FA Cup semi. Then we've got Brighton the following Tuesday. And then West Ham the following weekend. Those four games, okay, Brighton made, oh, you just, oh, well, that's Brighton. But those games set us up for the end of the season one way or another don't yeah, they they do you know Tough. It's, a, um, it's a really interesting little run that yeah it is it is because it's because of that semi-final suddenly you've got that no gap between you know the the weekends but uh, we'll see so how are you thinking porto second leg is going are we going to try and do the same um are we going to try and shut them out um, no we won't try and shut them out we I think, we, I think we? we play one way which is to build sensibly through transition and and create opportunities for our front players and I think we rely and we trust our our back five essentially to to take care of business um, but we're very organized and I think that if we can if we can do a job on their on their sort of width you know when when they're coming forward I think that we should be we should be okay I mean I, I don't foresee any issues but of course it's football anything can happen yeah anything and I happen. I think Porto will be better than they were in the first leg yeah if they're not great I'll be be very happy with that be I nice. think we'll be better than we were in the first leg yeah I think you're right you know I, think I thought if, we were okay we weren't fantastic we we ground out that result we didn't we were just, diligent we, we were diligent and I think, we I stuck think, to our job and I think that we've got a lot of confidence after that result on Saturday I say we'll have some players but hopefully Kante will be fully fit and I think that you know we'll we'll you know we, sh- we should be able to at least score one goal because if we score one goal it's going to be really difficult for them I think yeah well hopefully the heads go down and we can see the game out but we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes remind me what oh, happens if it finishes 2-2 uh well it'd be extra time and penalties right it? okay yeah yeah so uh, that that would not be a lot of fun so they, yeah yeah they've got to so, score two goals which is difficult and deny us scoring so it's going to be uh, I, I think we'll score that's yeah, the, that's their problem well. you know i think we could easily concede you know but yeah. i i think that um i think we'll score that's their issue yeah, I think um, it, it'd be interesting. If we score, then, of course, it can't go to extra time. Mm. Um, so, yes, we'll see. All right, well, um, what is your prediction for that game? Mm. I think we're going to win 2-1. OK, I'm going to go for 1-0 to okay. us. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, then, I, I, would, I, I would easily say that as well. I don't think it'll be an expansive game. 
No, Porto don't. You, you're never going to beat Porto four or five. Do you mm. know what I mean? That unless they really go gung ho trying to get goals and they're we gonna hit them on the get, break, going to have to come forward. They can't. They yeah. can't. They can't apply the the legendary low block. They have to come forward <laughs> at some point. Yeah, they they, they do, and, I, that, and that's their that's their issue when when they're two goals down is is to come forward against us with the you know the level of pace that we've got up front. Um, I mean, even though our finishing's a bit all over the place, we'll create enough chances, I think, to score. If we don't score, I'll be amazed. No, and they've got to go early because, as you, you're right, 1-0 is so different to 2-0, you know. But with 2-0 down, if you get that first goal, you've got momentum, and they need to get momentum against us early on. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be a tense first 15 or 20 minutes, for sure, mm. uh, as we see how the game pans out. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then we go on to the small matter of an FA Cup semi-final against Manchester City. Yeah. How do you see that one? Well, they kind of slipped up, didn't they? Um, yes. They, they, they lost to Leeds 2-1 at the weekend. Um, I don't think they looked particularly good in that game. Uh, I mean, is there an element of they're concentrating on the Champions League now and finishing up in the league? You know, does this competition matter to them at all I mean we've always come unstuck against them in cup competitions recently haven't we and they are a very very good team I mean I think it's I think it's theirs to lose ultimately Um, I just hope we go out and put put up a decent performance against them I mean it's cup you know we could go out there completely free of pressure being the underdogs and putting a performance and who knows we could do it Leeds did it so they are beatable Um, I think that I think that we could win if we win it will be narrow so i'm going to say one nil for that game okay i'm going for three one to us blimey <laughs> i just wanted to say something rash and upset people out there um there i've done it their defense so isn't better. amazing they're, 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 their problem is they're so good going forward yeah it's getting the ball off them and then getting in yeah if you do you've got a chance yeah. absolutely you, you know that but the, the you're right going forward they're just a, a wonderful, well-oiled, well-drilled, creative machine. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But um, I, I think it could be an entertaining game. I just get the feeling it's going to have something about it. I think both teams might just play with a bit of flair and invention, and I think it could be an enjoyable game. Um, right, well, that's it. We're out of time, Andy. How can people... Get in touch with us or let us know what they think or have something to say. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with us and you want to, you know, say anything about the show or, or as Kerry says, uh, comment anyway, uh, best way is probably on Twitter, which is uh, at Chelsea Podcast. Um, you can follow me on at Mr. A Saunders and you can follow Kerry on at Kerry Levy, C E R I L E V Y. On Instagram, it's at The Chelsea Podcast and I'm on at One True Saunders and Kerry's on Kerry Levy One. That's it. We're all done. Right. Well, hopefully next time we speak to you, we'll be in an FA Cup final and a Champions League semi-final. Or we'll be really very, very miserable. Um, Have a good week, everybody. Up the blues. Great to see you, Andy, as always. Take care, mate. All right. See you soon. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.com. Dot net. Sports Social Podcast Network.